The words that were dropped into my heart for this message were three. And they each start with the letter A, so I'm not trying to be cute with that, but I knew in my heart that the Lord was speaking about being awake, being alert, and being attached to him in order to be awake and alert. I know all of us are well aware of what it's like to physically, naturally sleep. That's a good thing. It's a blessing from God. Actually, in Scripture, in Psalm 127, it says that God will bless his beloved with sweet sleep. None of us want to contend with or battle insomnia. We want to be able to get a good night's rest. That produces physical health, mental health, emotional health, even spiritual health. It's extremely important. Sometimes when you don't get enough sleep, you're a little on the moody side, right? Just If you're not sure, just ask some around you. Medical doctors indicate you need about seven to eight hours. Now, I know there's mothers here with little ones who'll probably say, right, oh yeah, seven or eight hours. But seven or eight hours are what we typically need. And actually, if you think of that, that's a third of your day. That's a third of your life. That means if you live till 90 years old, you will have slept 30 years. 30 years. That's why it's completely unacceptable to fall asleep in church. So please don't do that. I know the battle, though. I uh, remember years ago, this is going back like 25, 30 years ago, when I was an associate pastor here under Pastor Forseth, an incredible senior pastor, that he would have us, and maybe some of you will remember this, some of you online at home, you'll remember this, that we would have the pastors sit on the platform in our chairs up here. Now, the challenge is uh, everyone is looking at you when you're sitting and listening to the message. Well, one Sunday morning, I was a bit overcome with being very tired. And that's not insinuating that Pastor Forseth's message wasn't uh, exciting. I wasn't bored. I was just really tired. And have you ever sat there and you're listening? Maybe it's happening to you right now. And your eyes get a little heavy. And then it's that moment when, oh, oh boy, it's that little neck jerk. And you wonder, did anyone spot that moment? Well, I remember for me, I had that. And then it just came upon me and I totally down. I don't know how long it was. All of a sudden, I woke and I looked around. I thought, did anyone see me? Sure enough, everybody over on this side was looking right at me like, you fell asleep. We saw that. But right next to me was Pastor Greco, and he was out cold. His, <laughs> his head was still down, so I tried to draw their attention there as <laughs> and I'm glad Pastor Forsett didn't see us. <laughs> I remember there was a counseling session I was in, and I feel so bad. This was years ago, and this precious couple, they were navigating through such a difficult situation in their life, and they were pouring their heart out. I was sitting on the chair. I don't know what happened. I was just listening, listening. And I woke up, and you could it's in my office the couple sitting right in front of me, and they're like this. Pastor, did you just like fall asleep? We're pouring our heart out. And I was like, I'm so, I'm so sorry. I didn't know what to say. 
It means a lot to me. I think it does. I don't know. One, this is the last one. I was called. It was about 10 o'clock. Answered it. And it was someone just pouring their heart out. They were in a need. You get surrounded with lots of needs, understandably, as a pastor. And uh, they were just pouring their heart out. And I remember I had on my phone, the phone was just sitting on my, I was listening. I looked over at the clock. It was about 10.05. And I woke up, honest. It was 11 o'clock. I had slept almost 55 minutes. Here's the amazing thing. The person was still, I want you to me, I want you to me. I was like, oh yes, really? Okay, let's pray. And I thought, I don't know what I'm praying about. You don't want to fall asleep at the wrong time. You want to sleep at the right time. But there's never a right time to fall asleep spiritually. Never a right time. The scripture will say it this way in Romans chapter 13 and verse 11 and 12. Now, in the context of this portion of scripture, the apostle Paul has just penned a challenge to the church to be to their best ability obedient to the government as long as the government doesn't invite you to do something immoral, unethical, or unbiblical, you're to honor the government. And then he goes on to say about honoring one another by loving, truly loving one another and fulfill the command of God to do that, to stay away from dark things, demonic things, sinful things. And then he says this, again, the Apostle Paul under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit in Romans 13, verse 11 and 12, understanding the present time that we live in, that it is high time to awake out of sleep, to awake out of sleep. Let us cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Let's cast off the darkness Put on the armor of light, be fully awake, fully alert, and the only way we'll be able to achieve that effectively, efficiently, and consistently is to be attached to the Lord. Because it also says in verse 14, just two verses later in Romans 13, it says, put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Make no provision for the flesh nor the lust thereof. So we're to put on the armor of light. We're to put on the Lord Jesus Christ. How do we do that in a practical way? And if that is what we need to do in order not to slumber and sleep. Now realize sleep, spiritual sleep is not inactivity. It's being disconnected. Spiritual sleep is not being inactive. You might be very, very busy and completely asleep. Remember, we're not cognizant of when we're sleeping. We only discover we were sleeping when we wake up. You might be asleep, but exerting a tremendous amount of energy. To be spiritually asleep is to be disconnected from Christ, his will, and the sacred activities that he wants you to be involved in. Because listen, this generation right now is in desperate need more than just your personality, your education, your experience, your career, your occupation, even your skill set. They need the anointing of the Holy Spirit upon your life to impact them. But you have to be awake and alert, discerning in order to advance his kingdom 
but we have to be attached to him. We have to put on Christ. Well, what creates that propensity to fall asleep? I'm glad you asked. You know, they've done a study just in physical sleep. Now, I want you to connect the dots here. I want you to create that parallel here of me talking about natural sleep and spiritual sleep. There are sleep experts that will say to you, if you're struggling, battling with insomnia, you just just can't seem to fall asleep, here's some key things you need to do. At least these five to start off with. The very first, you got to disconnect from others. Well, that makes sense, even though I was connected to a few and still fell asleep. But for the most part, you got to be disconnected from others so that you're not engaged in conversations or thoughts. You're not meditating about others. You've got to really disconnect from all your interpersonal relationships, actually having them. Of course, you can't talk with someone else and fall asleep, but also just in your mind. I want you to think of that in relationship to falling asleep spiritually. What's happened over this past year? A lot of disconnection. Meaningful relationships have drifted. Certain very sacred, important disciplines and habits in our life we've disconnected from. That disconnect becomes a very conducive environment to fall asleep spiritually. In the natural, first thing they say is disconnect from people. If you want to fall asleep, again, now that's positive, but think of it negatively. Your disconnect from meaningful relationships, be it in the context of the church, discipleship groups, when that happens, you will slowly begin to fall asleep spiritually. Second thing they say is you need to ignore time. Because if you're trying to fall asleep, now this is in the natural, if you're trying to fall asleep and you look at the clock, you might say, well, it's too early to go to bed or it's too late to go to bed or you'll be laying there and think, oh my goodness, a half hour's passed, an hour's passed. So you just get disturbed by the reality of the presence of the clock and acutely aware of the fact that you're not falling asleep. And so they say you need to disconnect from any exposure to a clock or time. Okay, now spiritually disconnecting from what's really going on right now. You get so inordinately preoccupied with your own life, you forget the big, broad reality of what's happening within your family, within the community, within this region, our state, our nation, and the world. Economically, financially, socially, politically, militarily, but most of all, spiritually. You're not acutely aware of the time that we live in. And when you don't do that and you get caught up with a selfishness where all you're thinking about is you and the task that you have to fulfill that day, you'll begin to spiritually fall asleep. Here's a third thing. They say you need to cool down the room. More conducive for sleep. Cool the room down. Lower the temperature. Very important for you to fall asleep. Well, think of that spiritually. It says in the end days, the hearts of men and women will grow colder and colder. What were you doing before that kept your heart passionate, energized, warm, and close? And now, what's happened? Remember, spiritual sleep is not inactivity, it's disconnection. What have you disconnected from? What fire? have you disconnected from? 
that's just drifted away? Is it your prayer life, time reading scripture, meaningful relationships of godly conversations with others, meeting as a fellowship with other believers? Where's your heart? And no one knows that better than you and better than me, where your heart has become cold. When it does, it may be good for natural sleep, but it's a disaster for your spiritual. Falling asleep because your heart's gotten cold. Here's another one they say. These are sleep experts. They say, if you want to fall asleep, then you need to increase your comfort level. Have a really nice pillow, a really comfortable mattress, a cover that's a real favorite to you, a room that you really like. So increase your comfort level. Okay, parallel. Connect the dot. Just get real comfortable. Real comfortable and where you're at. Become lethargic, passive, apathetic, insipid, disconnected. You'll slowly fall asleep spiritually. You'll be disconnected from Christ and his will and being effective in what he wants you to do. Think of the danger of falling asleep when you're driving. Think of the danger of falling asleep if you were flying an airplane. There's a lot of people that can get impacted by you falling asleep. It's more than just about you. The fifth thing they'll say is, listen to this. I don't think you need to draw much parallel with this one. It says, in order to effectively, naturally fall asleep, increase the darkness. Turn out all the lights so your eyes will dilate and that will stimulate your ability to fall asleep. So turn off all the lights. Remove light from you completely. Increase the darkness. Now we understand why the Apostle Paul and the inspiration of the Holy Spirit will say, cast off that darkness. If you're engaging in something that you know, this is not of God. This is not a good practice. I'm not making a right decision. The Bible calls this sin, not just a mistake, but sin. That's darkness. And when darkness begins to invade your mind and your emotions and your feelings and your whole being... You're going to fall asleep completely on God and think of how vulnerable you become. Could you imagine if the lights were all out and I began to feel this and I thought, oh, this is a brooch. And then the lights come on and it's a roach crawling around my neck. You, you don't see it. Or the lights are out and you just start touching this and, oh, this is nice and cuddly and warm and hairy. And then the lights come on, you realize it's a tarantula. You don't realize, when the lights are out and you can't see, you don't know what you're engaging with, touching, or getting close to, and it could destroy your life. Now, Jesus gives us a picture as well of what might contribute to us falling asleep. He'll use it in the context of the parable of the seed and the sower, and he'll talk about what happens when the seed lands in a dangerous area and really produces uh, a disconnect from God. We would call that falling asleep on the Lord. The first is he'll talk about that seed falling off the path. When you're not on the right path with your life, you're going to begin to fall asleep. What is that right path? Where have you drifted? All of us can come under that. I'm not saying this to condemn anyone. I'm saying this as your pastor and as a shepherd in my concern for your heart. No matter where you're at with the Lord, you've got to be consistent in saying, I'm going to stay on that right path. 
Because if I go off that path through my choices, I'm going to begin to fall asleep on God. Jesus also said, you're going to fall asleep. I believe that in this context of the seed is when it's not rooted, when you're not rooted. Ask yourself, have you not allowed yourself to get really rooted? Are you starting to drift way too long, way too far? I need to be rooted. If I'm not rooted, I'm not going to produce fruit. I will have fallen asleep because I'm disconnected. Jesus also said, you get entangled in life and all of the tasks and the um, lists, the agenda. Now, listen, for us, we might say, well, how do I handle that? I mean, I've got responsibilities to carry out. I've got duties to fulfill. I've got a job that I've got to keep going on with. What do you want to do, build a monastery? And I completely disconnect from life. How do I do it? Listen, there's a big difference with the responsibilities, the tasks, the assignments that you have, and I've got them as well. There's a big difference of being entangled by them versus being engaged with them. When you're entangled, they master, they rule, they control, they grip you. When you are engaged with them, then they serve you. You're in control, and you grip them, they don't grip you. And this is more than just an ethereal, abstract, conceptual distinction. It's an absolute reality. I know when I have a task, a responsibility that I've got to carry out, I know if I am dominated by it, controlled by it, gripped by it, versus being engaged, not entangled, but engaged. And I'm going to carry out this responsibility faithfully, but I'm in control. It doesn't control me. It doesn't own me. It doesn't grip me. I'm gripping it. That's why it says in 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 4, if you're a soldier, if you're a warrior, and believe me, we are in the end days, the end of the end days. I'll bring that out more in the series I'm about to do. But when we talk about being in the days that we're living in, you have to be militant. You've got to be a warrior, a soldier. Yes, you're a son, you're a daughter, you're a servant to the Most High, but you've got to realize there's also a description given of you and me in the New Testament. You're a warrior, a soldier. And here's the exhortation given in 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 4. If you are a warrior or a soldier, do not get entangled with the affairs of everyday life. Engage in them, but don't be entangled by them. Don't be mastered by them. They're thorns, thistles. They'll choke you. Then he goes on to say another thing that'll cause you to fall asleep on God is when that seed is intoxicated with materialism. You know, our society defines who you are on the basis of what you have, what you possess. You have to say, no, I'm not going to give into that. I'm not going to drink that and be intoxicated by that because I will fall asleep. There's another thing that I believe that caused you to fall asleep to. It isn't mentioned here by Jesus in Matthew 13, but it's when you have a heavy problem that you're contending with. You just get so weighed down by that problem, that difficulty. It might be relational. It might be in your marriage. It might be with your finances or your health or your future. But all of us are acutely aware of when we face a really heavy problem. I parallel that to what happened to the disciples when they were in the Garden of Gethsemane. And they were there with Jesus. And it says Jesus was 
He had angst in his heart. There was anguish in his soul. There was suffering that was going on there. And they could pick that up in the very atmosphere of the moment. But it says that they became heavy with sleep. And in the garden of Gethsemane, they slept. Jesus surrendered. They slept. Jesus surrendered. They slept. That tells me when I'm dealing with a heavy problem that causes me to want to fall asleep into some addiction. And some of us can succumb to the addiction of a, a pill, a drink, a drug, a fantasy to avoid reality. But that caused you to fall asleep. Addictions, sin caused you to fall asleep. And the danger of that, those are your moments to say, no, I'm going to surrender to the Lord, which is why God tells us we've got to be alert. The scripture says in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, be alert and of a sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. You have to be alert. You're awake and you want to be alert. You're contending with the battles, the troubles, the trials of the day, but you got to be alert. You know, the scripture will actually say in 1 John chapter 4, when dealing with the end times, it says, test everything. This doesn't mean you become cynical or skeptical, but you need to test everything, everything you're involved in. Make sure, is this causing me to move into darkness where the lights go out, my heart gets cold? I disconnect from him and I begin to fall into a state of sleep, indifference, and vulnerability for me and others? I've got to be discerning. So it says, test, 1 John chapter 4, test everything. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, it says that you need to examine everything. 1 Corinthians in chapter 2, it says that you need to judge everything. Now, you might think, well, that's a variance with Matthew chapter 7 and verse 1 through 5, where it says don't judge anyone. It's not talking about judging others. It's talking about judging issues or things that are surrounding you in 1 Corinthians 2. So you need to test and examine and judge and in 1 Corinthians 12, this is a prayer I lift. I hope you do as well, especially in these days that we live in. God, grant me the gift of discernment by the Holy Spirit. The Greek word for discern means to pierce through, to see what others might not see because of the shadows, because things are blurry. But I want the light to reveal the truth. I need discernment. I need to be alert. But in order to be alert, in order to be awake, you got to be attached to him. In John 16 and verse 33, I, this is Jesus speaking, I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. The word peace, it's built on the whole concept of to join with Christ. That's the very derivation of the word in the Greek language, peace, to join, to connect with, to fashion oneself to. Peace, not tranquility, stability. When you are connected to him, you're stable. You're stable. It says, I've told you these things, though, I mean, you will have peace. You're joined to me, fashioned to me, attached to me. You'll have stability. Because in the world, you're going to have trouble. Some will get really strong, but all of us every day, my goodness, come on, who among us don't face a troubled situation every day? It's like I eat trouble every second. It's part of my diet and leadership all the time. There's someone with some problem or some problem that's about to unfold. It's there. And then Jesus says, but be courageous. Some translations will be, be of good cheer, but be courageous. The derivation there of that word, 
Tharsis means actually be confident, be courageous. Why? Because I have overcome the world. In this situation, you'll become the overcomer if you're attached to him. If you're attached to him, connected to him, that's the antithesis of being asleep. You'll stay awake, you'll stay alert, and you'll keep advancing. But he gives us a decision in this passage. You know what he's basically saying? You have a choice. If it's a physical condition you're contending with right now that's a problem, or if it's financial, is it a relationship, your marriage? What is it? You're battling your mind, you're battling your emotions, you're battling your soul. All of us are acquainted with that. We all understand it. So he says this, in this world, 24-7, you're going to have problems. But here's your choice. You must choose if you'll be connected to the problem or if you'll be connected to me. That's your choice every time. Because when you choose to be connected to the problem, it'll crush you. It'll put you to sleep. It'll throw you in the bed, and you'll be absolutely disconnected from God. But if you say, no, I'm going to be connected to Christ, it doesn't mean the problem disappears. It doesn't mean psychologically you suppress it and pretend it doesn't exist. It means you reposition it. No longer will you say, "Uh uh-uh, this problem is not going to be over me. It's going to be under me. It's not going to be in front of me. It's going to be behind me. And if it does anything and it pushes hard, it's just going to push me more toward God. That's what it's going to do. You have to determine from Jesus, listen, in this world, you're going to have problems, but be courageous and be confident. I've overcome. And if you stay connected to me, you'll be connected to my presence And my presence will give you what? It'll give you the right perspective on seeing that problem. Whole new way. You'll be connected to my strength. You'll be connected ultimately to my solution. I choose every day. I know I'm going to face a ton of problems today. My goodness. I'll face them tomorrow. I'm not even aware of them yet today. I know they're going to be there. But I'm going to choose like Jesus taught me here. I'm going to stay connected to him. Amen? Let's stand together. And I'm going to ask you in your heart right now, as you stand together, I'm going to ask you to say, Lord, wherever I've drifted, boy, whatever's been surrounding me that's started to put me asleep, come on, just close your eyes and hear me now. If the Bible says it's time to awake out of sleep and to cast off the works of darkness. Is there any works of darkness that you need to cast off, that you need to disconnect from, run from, and to put on that armor of light, to be alert and to be sober, to test and examine and judge and discern, and to be ultimately attached and connected to Christ? Listen, have you been too disconnected from meaningful relationships? Have you ignored the time that we're living in? Have you allowed your heart to get cold? Have you prioritized the increase of comfort in your life? Have you been surrounded with nothing but darkness? Have you allowed your life to fall off the path like the seed? where you got no roots or you're entangled, not engaged, but entangled by everyday responsibilities and tasks that master you rather than serve you. Are 
Are you getting too intoxicated with material possessions? And now's the time to say, all right, I'm going to put on the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm going to connect with him. Because Lord, in this hour, in this day, in this season and chapter of my life, I don't care if you're young or old, to say to him, Lord, I want to be fully awake, fully alert, and completely attached to you. And if you're here and you've never received Christ, if you're listening online, I invite you to pray this prayer, Jesus. I want to be so attached to you that I give my life to you right now. I invite you to come into my heart to be my Savior, the forgiver of my sins, and to be the Lord, the supreme leader of my life. And I will follow you all the days of my life. With my eyes open, fully awake, fully alert in you.